Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Did you forget my name? Truth be told, you forgot my name on uh, Football Friday the other. I was going back and watching uh, like the reels that they send us each week of uh-huh. our hits, and uh, it was when it was when I was at Westlake, and you were like, "She's Austin, I, Ashley Pickle, rather." <laughs> yeah, I was. So we have a we have a piece of paper. If you watch Football Friday, there's a bunch of papers on the desk. Uh-huh. Almost all of them are just me drawing dinosaurs. Yes, but some of them have actual information on them, and one of them is in, it lists in which like, I don't read. <laughs> it lists the the game and who's at it. Yeah. And I had totally forgotten who was at the West Lake. Lake oh, Browns no, game. this was during the middle of my hit. Like, we had already had conversation. It was as you were, it was as you were getting rid of me. Oh. <laughs> so clearly, you were you- all into my hit. You just loved the information I was presenting. Listen, Angela, I just, <laughs> just sometimes I forget. Whatever, Autumn. <laughs> Whatever, Autumn. Today, that's all right, Aspen. Today is Tuesday, <laughs> November 16th, 2021. This is a mere, a mere nine days till Thanksgiving, Single guys. Digits. Single digits. Single digits till Thanksgiving. If you're, if, if you're not prepared now, you're already too late, so you better hurry up. Just throw it away. Um, happy birthday to former Mavericks great Amari Stoudemire. And Michael Silvers. Oh, of Our, uh, uh, Texan of Live. Texan Live, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode 1,283. On today's show, guys, we're going to recap the college football weekend. Uh, then we're going to talk with the Hall of Famer Craig Way, coming up here at about 1220. Uh, then we'll unveil the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. So a lot of good stuff coming to you on this show. Well, the Craig stuff's good. The rest of us is just, the rest of it is just us. Oh, uh, see, yeah. So... Your mileage may vary. Mediocre. Uh, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hathaway, Christo Fire 100, Aaron Arbuckle, and Coach Terry Crawford. So it's 11 and 0 Panthers. Big game this week against. They played Avalon last week. They play. Hold on. Newcastle. 7 30 p.m. Friday night in Granbury. Be there. Be oh, there. Well, we've got square. both Coach Terry Crawfords in here. Terry Crawford and retired Coach Terry S. Crawford. Is that Papa Crawford? Oh, my gosh. 
Are we through the looking glass? I think so. I think we're... Are we being pranked? Are there multiple... <laughs> maybe that explains... <laughs> Do we get to meet Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> maybe that's why that... Maybe that explains why they're 11-0. and 0. they got two coaches. Mm-hmm. All right, Pickle. Let's get some college football stuff, right? Yeah, let's, let's recap. talk a little bit of college football. It, the week has come and gone in college football, and we're going to talk a little bit about what happened. Uh, survey the wreckage uh, with our college football recap. Pickle, where are we starting? We're going to start in the Big 12, where how about them Baylor Bears? The question was, what happens when <laughs> Caleb Williams faces an actual good defense and with a 27-14 to 14 win, they take down Oklahoma? Um, yeah. Tremendous. I mean, look, we kind of asked the important question, question. <laughs> uh, and we kind of nailed it. Um, what happens is that Caleb Williams gets real average real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baylor defense looked great. They did their part. Baylor, I think Baylor, actually both Oklahoma and Baylor left some points on the board in the first half. Um, but in the end, this ended up being a, a game of field position. Mm-hmm. Baylor started, their average starting field position was their own 48. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, they were able to, to do that. They, the offense uh, did enough... They did enough. I thought that Gary Bohannon running the ball was especially effective, and they had obviously a big game from Abram Smith, mm-hmm. uh, who was fantastic. The offense did enough, although they they sure liked turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, if they hadn't done that, they really could have run away with this game. They were the dominant force in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, defense just got after it. Uh, they, they, they generated nine sacks. They were all over the place, and, and Caleb Williams was so so flustered and so ineffective that they benched him they brought in spencer rattler the crowd was chanting spencer yes. rattler and that just shows a program that is confused it's in a weird spot yeah um and so baylor now is in a uh, they're in a spot where they can still make the big 12 championship game mm-hmm. they got to do their part they got to win out but um with oklahoma oklahoma state depending on how things go uh, they need Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma in Bedlam. Yes. Um, and then things get a little bit interesting that maybe with tiebreakers they're able to get in. So a lot on the line here, but they were able to, to do they were able to do what you know be the best defense that that Caleb Williams has faced, and it showed. He looked super normal and super average, and 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 they were able to to really mitigate him. And and furthermore, give them a lot of credit. They were not able, um, you know, basically. They weren't able to run the ball. You know, Kennedy William, Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks ends up with 110 yards. I think a lot of those were in garbage time, or and a lot of those were were ineffective yards. You know, I, they were not able to run the ball effectively uh, in any sort of way. So, a fantastic win for Baylor, and yeah, good good stuff from the Bears. What's next, Pickle? Um, up next, let's go with SMU. The question was, what's the biggest difference between good SMU and bad SMU? <laughs> Another one we nailed. Uh, we really did because we saw good SMU 55 to 28 win over UCF and it was I and, mean And do you know what they did? Do you remember do you remember what we said? What what they did? They ran the ball. Yep. And they Ulysses ran the ball Bentley effectively. Had a day. Ulysses Bentley was great, Trey Siggers was great. They ran the ball effectively. When they run the ball effectively, they are Good, like they're a really good team. They're uh, they're an outstanding offense. When they don't put everything on the line for for Terry Mordecai, now Terry Mordecai had got his too through for three sixty one and three touchdowns. They were able to get Preston Stone a little bit of run late mm-hmm. in the game because they had run away from UCF. But that's the name of the game. When they run the ball effectively, they are a dangerous team. Yep. When they don't run the ball effectively, they're 
pretty mediocre, and they can get beat by anybody. And they've so that's, got big tests coming up next. So I think it's Cincinnati. They can ruin the they can ruin the season for for the Bearcats. Um, and so yeah, this is you know the 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 AAC championship game is still is out of reach. Houston's clinched mm-hmm. to get in. But if you want to talk about having a huge impact on a national scale, they've got an opportunity this week. But SMU ran the ball well, and they won. Surprise, surprise. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we'll stick in that same conference there. The question was over under on five and a half sacks for Houston, and they whooped up on Temple 37-8. to eight. Uh, Yes, but we have bad news. They did not. Boy, they only had one sack. Yeah, okay, well then, the Craven prob- was right because he, he took was. the under. He said six was a whole lot. Well, now, hold on. Now, now, because the, the thing I'm looking at, let me look at this. The thing I'm looking at was um, is it, it filters out garbage time, and that game got to garbage time in a hurry. So let me see if I can find that. Um, let me see. Um, you're listening to live coverage of me looking up how many sacks Houston had last week. Um, for the it purposes. was a really, really good win for them. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean they, look, they they played a bad Temple team and they treated them like a bad Temple team, mm-hmm. um, which there are other teams that did not do that, and so give them a lot of credit. Um, as far as sacks are concerned, it looks like they only had the one. Yeah, they only had the one sack. So, so in my you face, were yeah, round. and the, and you know the biggest problem, which Craven mentioned, Craven nailed. Yes, um, absolutely. They only threw the ball twenty five times. Yep. So, it just so doesn't... to get to five sacks, mm-hmm. to get to six, to get to five sacks, they would have had to sack them on one and, uh, and have a twenty percent sack rate. That was not going to happen. No. Right. Um. Or they, I guess technically they had twenty six dropbacks because they had the one sack. So yeah, overall uh, a dominant effort from from uh, Houston. Ultimate McCaskill, I think Craven said it on Twitter. Um, Ultimate McCaskill, it's time to stop calling him a future star and just call him a star. Mm-hmm. He's a big-time playmaker. And when they get him going and they don't ask Clayton Tuna to go out there and throw the ball 50 times, they're pretty darn good. Um, so, yeah, now they – I mean, they get a game this week against a team – they, they should They should win yeah. out. They get Memphis. They get Memphis. Memphis is a team that it's is been down. scuffling. Yeah. Uh, they should win. And they get and UConn. Then, and they should just, launch them into the Lord. sun. Um, and then they get the AAC Championship game likely in Cincinnati. So yeah. um, big time doings there and a fantastic win uh, for them over Temple. What is next? Let's head on over to Conference USA. The question was, is Bloom on the oh, hot seat? Bloom. And, you know, 42 to 21 loss against Western Kentucky, but they hung I in. Mean, they they hung in in this game. That score doesn't look terrible. No, but they hung in in this game. And actually, in that first, I want to say in the at the end of one, it was like seven nothing Rice or yeah. something like that. But then they kind of took flight, and the offense uh, really got going. Bailey Zappi was nuts in this game, which we've become um, accustomed which, to. That's just <laughs> kind of what he does. Um, I mean, God, blood, why are you doing that? I hate autoplay. Um, but this is uh, they, you know Billy Zappi threw for forty-two and five. Um, you know he'll do that on him, and the offense just was never going to keep up. It was always going to be up to the defense to to keep him in the ball game. I don't, it was twenty-eight I, nothing and at halftime, and then they made it. They they kind of ran away. Yeah, and this the question itself is weird. Is is Bloom on the hot seat because? I mean, slightly, like, we never know how to answer this just in general, but I don't think this game necessarily no. made it any worse. Like, I don't, and this game didn't have an effect on that they were, question. They were probably going to lose that game. And then the other thing for Rice is that Rice is such a unique situation mm-hmm. because of, I mean, oh, I hope Bloom's not listening. It's very clear that, like, in the grand scheme of things, football is a thing that Rice does. Yes. It is not necessarily like the end-all, be-all. It is not the... It is not like, for example, at Texas A&M, where it is very clearly just a giant priority, yes. right? It's football. Uh, Rice is just not that way. And so, I like, you wonder... 
you know. Their academic like it was standards a big, alone like are, it was a, make it difficult. Like, you remember, it's a big deal. Uh, like, my... Mike Mike Bloomgren is the uh, is the head coach there, but he has a title, and his title is the. Hold on, let me see if I can, I can find this real quick. He is the uh, Dunleavy family head coach, head football coach. That is a grant that like like a family has donated money to Rice for the specific purpose of paying the football coach, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't happen anywhere else, no. and they do it because that's just the, the situation there. At Rice is that is that there's the the university as a whole is not going to say yeah let's dump a bunch of money into the into the into the football program so it's an interesting situation I don't think he's on the hot seat but I mean they're gonna go three and three and nine or, or four and eight this year and you know it'll be yeah. ugly but I don't know I don't know they're such a they're such an odd team that's this year always too. a, a wins or win yeah. like as long as you have numbers in the win column yeah. it's kind of like okay right. good job what's next know? pickle up next, let's head over to Texas State. At this point, what would constitute a successful finish for Texas State? And man, thirty-eight to thirty against Georgia Southern. Yeah, just don't quit. I think is what we yeah, kind of landed they on. Almost had um, it. They almost had it. They had it. They had a, a great opportunity in this game to do it. But but in the end, um, you know, in the end, they just were not able to get enough from Tyler Vitt. Um, that's really the 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 big problem. And then look, the defense kind of got gashed in this game to the tune of 441 yards um they were able to uh, george southern was really able to do a little bit of anything they wanted offensively i have some questions about the defense and 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 that brings up a a really um that brings up a a, a difficult conversation because do you know who the defensive coordinator at texas state is no i do not it's zach spavital ah yes so things could get real awkward there. Thanksgiving doesn't look fun that way. Things could get real awkward because I think <laughs> the defense has, has, has regressed as the season has gone on. It's not the only thing that's wrong, but there needs to be changes down there at Texas State. Uh, I will say that we talked about what constitutes success is don't quit. I don't feel like they quit in this game. I feel like they fought till the end, and so that's certainly something, but certainly a disappointing season there for or disappointing uh result there in a game that you probably could have won there against yeah and i guess the don't quit works perfectly with don't quit in the rest of the game yes. you know like don't quit on the season just because this one didn't necessarily go your way exactly right what's next pickle up next back to conference usa and boy howdy you could not have been more wrong on this question oh my gosh <laughs> question was utsa you want to see a dead body um, talk about playing with your food. Twenty-seven oh to seventeen, they pull it out against Southern Miss. And when we say pull it out, like it was seventeen, seventeen in the fourth quarter. They legitimately almost flubbed their entire season on this. I mean, they were uh, uh, against probably the worst team in Conference USA. An objectively bad team. I mean, they're objectively bad. Um, and I don't know what happened. I'll be honest. I watched. I've watched. I've seen zero plays from this game. I'll be. I'll be honest because I was. I was at a wedding and I got a. I got a like basically an alert mm-hmm. that said like, "Hey, uh, check out the fourth quarter of this game. It's seventeen seventeen. I was like, Whoa. "Yeah, literally." Um, in the second half, Craven said, "I'm gonna puke." <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. They were not able to run the ball with any sort of effectiveness Mm-mm. at all. Like, give credit to Texas Southern or uh, Southern Miss. They were able to shut down the running game. And so then a lot of it came down to Frank Harris. And Frank Harris, you know, he's not he's not the guy you want out there to say, we need you to go win this game for us. They need to have that balance offensively. Now, look, all's well that ends well. The defense held them in the game when the offense was just just peeing down their leg all game. Mm-hmm. They turned the ball over three times. It was an ugly affair. Now, what do we say on this show? Win your clunkers. Win your clunkers. 
they this was a clunker and yes. maybe there was a lot of look ahead to next week against UAB mm-hmm. maybe there was they got they escape they get the win they don't don't ask you how they ask you how many they're 10 and 0 this is the second time that they've played against a team that they're a lot better than and played them super close. Remember, they played against UNLV really close to, and UNLV is but Yes. Um, so, yeah, it will be a very huge game this week. Uh, there's no no worries about getting motivated for this game. No, but this was this was certainly I would say the worst performance of their of the year for for UTSA. The good thing is it came against the worst uh, team. In the right, uh, see, and that really, to me, in my mind, separates like a really good team from a great team mm-hmm. is the one that won't mm-hmm. let it slip up mm-hmm. like that. You mm-hmm. just you can't do that. Yeah. What's next? Up next, we're heading back to the Big 12 here. The question was, is Sonny Cumbie coaching for a job on Joey McGuire's staff? And how about the, uh, I guess you can call it the kick hurt across Texas? Uh, <laughs> 62 yes. yards to win the Jonathan, game, 41 to 38. Jonathan Garibay with a 62-yard field goal. Uh, but that, that kind of belies a bigger conversation about this game, which is that Tech looked good. They really did. Like, Tech's offense... Like, if this was Sonny Cumbie trying to impress Joey McGuire with his offense, it like, worked. mission accomplished. Yeah. Donovan Smith looked great at the quarterback spot. They got a massive game from Miles Price. They got a, a, a number of big-time catches from a number of a number of their playmakers. I thought Tosh Brooks was really good. Uh, the offense looked great. Defense tried to let it go, give it away at the end. Um, but they were, they were able to go out there and beat... A good Iowa State defense still. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not elite like it has been, but it's still a good Iowa State defense. And they're able to go up and ring up and you're only 550 yards to the offense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you are, if, if the, to, to answer the question, if Sonny Cumbie is coaching for a job on Joey McGuire's staff, I think that, especially because his job is going to be on the offensive side, yeah. you look at this, you're like, listen, we're on our third string quarterback. Donovan Smith, and we were able to go up and roll up 550 yards total offense on Matt Campbell's defense. Yep, that's pretty good. Not bad. Pretty good, especially for a guy in Joey McGuire we've talked about who's a bit scheme agnostic. Mm-hmm. They don't. He doesn't. He's not like I'm a spread guy or I'm a I'm an option guy. Like he just he'll he'll go where he's the a personnel guy. He'll go where the personnel goes. And and for a guy maybe Sonny Cumbie's got a spot on that staff. Very impressive from Tech and bowl eligible. How about that? Yeah. What's next? All right, um, we got a twofer here. It was a pick em miners or mean green and um, caw, twenty to seventeen. They tried their darndest to hand this one to UTEP at the very end, but I was, they they held off Ethan Mooney's kick, made it made it work. Yes, so they get the win. Um, this was an ugly game. This is a real sickos game. Yes, um, I was there. I thought the best player on the field. <laughs> Was probably maybe Roderick Burns for North Texas. He was really good in this game. He was really good. Um, yeah. Austin Oni had Austin a good Ani game was pretty on the solid. ground. Like he he really got his legs going. This is super disappointing for UTEP. Yeah. Because now Cowing had a good Cowing game. Cowing's he's incredible. That's he really is. That's a Sunday player. Yeah. Um, but in the end, for UTEP now the question is going to be like. Who's your best win against? Because right. it's they, you know, they've beaten up a, a, on a bunch of pe- teams are better than. Mm-hmm. They get Rice. Is it this week? Yes, I uh, believe. I think so. they get Rice this yeah, week. That's going to be the real litmus test. If you spit at the bit against Rice, then you're in trouble. Yeah, Rice and then UAB. So yeah. it's like so this you is, desperately need this before you go exactly. face off against a UAB team right. that could be playing so for revenge. Great win for North Texas. There's a little bit of little bit of momentum behind that program. Maybe they figure something out. But for UTEP, this has got to be pretty disappointing. What's next, Pickle? 
Over to the SEC we go. Texas A&M. What percentage chance do you give A&M of winning the SEC West? And I can tell you now. Drop it 29-19 against the Fighting Link. I can tell you now. It's poor. Zero. It's not effectively zero. There are... There is a chaos scenario in which, like, Alabama loses out and, like... Miss so it's zero point one. It's zero point one. But they get they gave away any sort of opportunity they had this week um, with their loss to to Ole Miss. And guys, I just I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just keep banging this drum, guys. I like Zach Calzada, but he why is he throwing the ball forty one times a game? Why is he no throwing the ball forty one times? This is so forty two times. You know what this is? This is literally last year when we would talk about Max Duggan. It's like he's he's fine. Don't ask him to do too much. Devon Chan was averaging nearly 10 yards a carry, and yeah. he got 12 touches. Ridiculous. Uh, I think maybe he had a catch or two, um, but he got 12 carries. Like, I don't understand. I thought this was, I thought this was as bad a play calling game as Jimbo Fisher has ever had. This was a, and I understand that they're behind. But like you can't abandon your play, your your game plan, and suddenly ask your your still backup quarterback to throw the ball forty two times. I thought Zach Calzada was set up to fail in this game, mm-hmm. and it was a really disappointing performance offensively. Defense did their part. Defense held them in as best they could. Ole Miss mollywopped them in the first half. They really did. But the defense stood tall in the second half and was able to give them an opportunity. That last, I mean, it's 27-19, uh, but one of those touchdowns is a pick six. And, I don't know, this was a super disappointing offensive performance from, from, from A&M. I thought maybe they're, I mean, the, a, the Arkansas game was bad. Um, this was maybe the worst. And the Colorado game was bad. Yeah. This is, this is up there with those. It was really bad. Well, and the, the thing that makes it really, really bad is the fact that, like, we watched y'all beat Alabama. Like, mm-hmm. we watched that happen. Where did that go? <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Okay, here's uh, literally disgusting. The question was, is the video of UT assistant Bo Davis cursing yeah, we, players Yeah, we did that field? because we didn't think the game was going to be anything to talk about. Yeah, and how about 57-56, uh, to 56, they lose to a 1-8 and eight Kansas program. I mean... Look, Lord. I said it yesterday. I said it yesterday. Lord. I'll just reiterate it. It's time to stop talking about Texas as a power program. They're not. They're not. Talk about them in the same way that we talk about Arizona State. Talk about them in the same way that we talk about, I don't know, Virginia. Yeah. Right? Talk about them like that. But, like, this this notion that they are a, a power program is uh, not not born in... in, in um, no. And, and, look, it's a rotten program right now, and I don't mean that, like, and they're bad. I mean that there is something deeply wrong with the mm-hmm. way that the program is being run. Maybe Steve Sarkeesian is the guy to root that out, but it's not happening right now, and, and we'll see what happens in the offseason. I think they got to think really hard about everybody on their roster and what this program looks like because this is uh, this is pretty close to rock bottom for them. And, um, yeah. Well, and, like, Lame. times aren't aren't getting easier by any stretch like there was a meme that came out on twitter the other day and it was the guy licking his lips and it was like vanderbilt looking at texas coming and that seems like crazy like there's no way vanderbilt's terrible so is kansas yep. <laughs> and you drop one at home yep. like turn the ball over four times yeah gross what's next and finally back to the big 12 we stick with them here who would you start max mm. duggan or chandler morris and um well they just absolutely got wrecked by Oklahoma State, sixty-three to seventeen. You know what's crazy? This team last week beat Baylor. Yes, who just beat Oklahoma? And they started Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris 
I don't know uh, the, the the magic wore off. Yeah. Um. They were not able to. They were not able to run the ball. They didn't have Zach Evans. It was uh, just look. I mean, give credit to give credit to um to to Oklahoma State who ran a rough shot over them. They ran for four hundred and forty seven yards and eight touchdowns. <laughs> so give the credit to them. But, ugh, yuck. Um. Anyway. There's a fun look at college football. Yeah. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Dairy Max, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It always up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 12 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Austin Bowie defensive coordinator Darren Pittman. The Bulldogs defense dominated Round Rock in their first round playoff game, fueling a 13-3 upset win. Stanton offensive coordinator Graydon Long. Miguel Moreno ran for three touchdowns in the Buffalo's ground attack, punished previously unbeaten Childress in a 39-34 upset victory. Kaufman defensive coordinator Robert Haynes. The Lions defense held Dallas Carter to just 191 yards of total offense and forced three turnovers in a 24-0 victory. And finally, Wascom offense coordinator Jeremy Kubiak. The Wildcats' flexbone offense was cooking in their playoff opener, running for 358 yards and seven scores in a 62-7 romp over Corrigan Camden. So those are your Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's talk to the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Uh, you can hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday. Uh, and he is my co-host alongside Rick Renner on High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest. We go live to Craig Way. Craig, how are you, my friend? I'm good. And apparently, yeah, it's a busy time for me uh, this time of year. But I'm, I'm told you're about as busy as it gets these days in, in your little corner of the woods. Dude. Well, now, correct me now, because here's the thing. People know you as, as the voice of the Texas Longhorns, and they may think, oh, cool, he gets to call 12 football games a year. That seems like a fun job. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you in California on Sunday? I was. Uh, you know, we there was that uh, Texas football game on Saturday night, which from the Texas perspective was anything but fun. You could call it a that game. You mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, I got home a little after midnight, but I was back up at uh, 4 to catch a 6 a.m. flight to uh, uh, San Jose and then the, the zipped up to Palo Alto to call uh, a thrilling basketball game. Uh, the 25th ranked Texas women knocked off the third ranked team in the country and defending national champion Stanford on their home floor when they were raising their championship banner and all that stuff. So, you know, while there are disappointing moments in a football season or a men's basketball season or a women's basketball season or a baseball season, chances are there's probably a good moment not too far right around the corner. So, you know, I always have faith in that. Same thing with the Texas high school football playoffs. You know, Tep, we talk about the playoffs being what they are, and for all of the status quo that happens, you do have the upsets that happen. And for all the status quo that happens, here's some reality for you, Tep. Either 
El Paso East Lake or Boswell High is going to be in the Sweet 16 next mm-hmm. week. So how, try that one on for size. It is it is a, a, a representation of what was a wild uh, first round of the Texas high school football playoffs. And so I'll just lay it out to you like this. I made this, the declaration yesterday that I thought the f- that this past weekend was the wildest first round of the Texas high school football playoffs in modern history, which I would say is when they started taking four teams to the playoffs. Um, would, can you remember a first round that was this chock full of calamity and chaos as we had this past week? In the collective, and that's the key, the answer is absolutely not. This was, I'm right there with you, that this was probably in the collective. I do find it humorous, albeit perhaps a little bit uh, depressing when you say the modern era begins with like 1996. When they, when they started adding, you know, 1990 for then 5A, which now is now 6A. 96 is when 4A went D1 and D2, and then the lower classes followed uh, in the next couple of years after that. So to call that the modern era, yeah, you know where that puts me. That said, uh, because of the collective number of games, which therefore means a collective larger uh, shot at upsets, you're going to have a larger collective number of upsets. And that's what we saw last week. You know, we probably had some years where two top five ranked schools in their respective classifications and or divisions got knocked out in round one. But it's all the other ones. I think it's all the other ones where you had – teams that were according to the computer supposed to win by a touchdown or two or more and it didn't happen and there were stunners so i think it was the the sum of the parts that made it the wildest wooliest hairiest first round of the playoffs probably in texas high school football playoff history if nothing else because to use your use your phraseology in the modern era you haven't had that many collective upsets on the first friday night well, and now what what I what I always like about the area round, and and this is because this is when really the the fun starts because you start getting true cross regional matchups. Um, uh, you 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 know in by district you you may have played these teams in by dis- in in non district right. There are a, a, a couple of non district you know uh, or non district rematches in the by district round. Right now you're starting because you're branching out into the into the brackets. You're starting to get these cross regional matchups. Texas High is playing Texas City in Lufkin because that's just where you would meet if you were driving between those two. You know teams like Midland Lake legacy taking on South Lake Carroll and you're starting to get I think one of the things that that you know I know you you keep an eye on is you're starting to get those true blue Austin versus San Antonio games which have traditionally at least in recent memory gone the way of the uh the capital city and so for me one of the fun things that starts this week that maybe we didn't get a ton of last week is you truly get that I don't want to say culture shock, but you get teams from far-flung areas, at least from from where you are locally, uh, that are coming to town, and you get a new a, a, a new opportunity to play teams that you otherwise would never have seen before. And you can point to one overriding factor for that tip at the for that to happen at the area round. The reason why that happens the way it is is because of the division split. Mm-hmm. That's why yes. the number of teams bears down. I can remember you know, talk about the Paleozoic era. I mean, I remember back, you know, in in uh, the early '80s when 
what was called, they would have the by district round of the playoffs, say at the 5A level, then you'd have an area game, and the area game would often match in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, two DISD schools in the area round, and they used to refer to it as the unofficial city championship, if you will. And that's it. But that was round two that you would have that, and and certainly you still have some of that, I think, in some of the larger classification, but not. But since they gone to the division split, you've got more far flung area because of the way the divisional breakout. Concerned, if you were to combine five A one and D two, and put it together in one bracket, you wouldn't have that kind of disparity that you just laid out, Texas high against Texas City. You wouldn't have it. You would still have teams pretty regionally area. I will tell you this, though. Here's the other thing that you will get, and that's that rounding the far turn and coming back home element that happens when you get to round three in the division format to the extent that, to use your example, the greater Austin area, you could have – in two classifications, in two different divisions, at 11-5 AD1 and uh, I believe 14-5 AD2, you could have two all-greater Austin area matchups in the Sweet 16 next week. One out of one single district, 11-5 AD1, the other out of 13 and 14-5 AD2. That's because of the way the bracketing is done now, and they kind of and it fans out. But you circle back around and play the area teams not just in the quarterfinals like it's always been, but in the fourth round it would happen and in the possibility of the fourth round as well. So uh, it all eventually circles back home, but you're right. In round two, you go out a little bit before you come back in. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more uh, longer bus ride for a lot of these teams uh, in round two. We're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High Football Hall of Famer. Here on Texas Football Today, get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, it's time for the meanest thing we do to one another, and that is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to give you three games, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to teleport to one of them, uh, and you got to tell me which one uh, you're going to go to. Are you going to go... Uh, I believe this game. Um, this game's in Tyler. I believe our own Ashley Pickle is going to be there. And Matt Stepp. And Matt Stepp at Trinity Mother Francis Rowe Stadium as College Station takes on uh, Frisco Lone Star in a top five matchup. Or are you going to go to uh, are you going to go to Green Stadium in Man or in in Bryan as Manville takes on Pflugerville Weiss in a super sneaky fun game? Or and this is this is where I get you. This is where I get to. This is the, the mean part You're of it. You're mean. <laughs> or are you going to go Thursday night, and don't take that stupid off-ramp, Thursday <laughs> night at 6.30 p.m. in Dublin as the May Tigers take on the Jonesboro Eagles in a literal number one versus number two uh, area round regional semifinal matchup, however you want to call it, in, in the six-man ranks? Which of those three games are you going to go to? Yeah, that's a great call there. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been kind of trembling when I saw it working on the horizon, but I might resist the temptation to go have a burger with pickle and catch the one in Tyler and instead <laughs> opt for Weiss and Mandel. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, just as you tweeted yesterday, Tep, to see, you know, between Rockwall and DeSoto, your bold prediction that the final score would not be three nothing, and I said might not be thirty three thirty. It could be, it could be a lot higher. Than that. Same deal here. I think, I think, don't don't you think that uh, Manville and uh, and Weiss will be uh, loading up the uh, scoreboard with some well, points? I'll give you another one, another one to keep a, a, an eye on. Uh, two teams with eyebrow raising wins. Yeah, Georgetown and uh, and um, and and. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Georgetown the, is, is going to play Fort Bend Hightower. 
four-bit Hightower. That's mm-hmm. it. And so they're playing Hightower. You got Georgetown. I know you were impressed with Darcy Herman. <laughs> Darcy Herman, who last week against Dripping Springs, accounted for all nine touchdowns, but only three were through the air. He ran for six and passed for three. So how crazy is that? Yeah, and that, that was it's it's so funny because you know of course you and I called the game for Texas Live on, on in Week Eleven of Flugerville Weiss and Georgetown. And I think both of us came away being like, boy, you know what? Both these offenses they are uh, they are cooking. And then like Week One of playoffs, they're like, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, both offenses looking pretty good. They have not skipped a beat now that the playoffs have arrived. He is Craig White. He's a Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Listen to him on the horn in Austin every weekday, and you can see him uh, Friday night on Valley Sports Southwest, the last Friday night one because we matriculate to Saturday after that. Although you're going to be – because you're going to be in, uh, in, in West by God, Virginia, aren't you? I will be in beautiful Monongalia County, West Virginia, astride the Monongahela River on Friday evening. So, yeah, I will check in with you guys late in the program to look at the smoldering aftermath of round two on Friday night. I look forward to it, Craig. Safe travels, my friend. You bet. See you. There he goes. Craig Way, the Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. I'm glad that I'm not crazy and that I thought and well. that he also think. Okay. I'm glad I'm not. I'm, I'm, okay. Let me rephrase. Uh-huh. I'm glad I'm not wrong okay. in my. Uh, hold on. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not wrong on this point. Okay. That it was the wildest first round of the Texas High School playoffs in the modern history. That 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 Craig agrees with me. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. If if Craig says on it, then that it's, point, then it's accurate. I am not wrong. Okay. For for wrong once, <laughs> for not, once, I'm I'll give you that. Wrong a lot. Not on that point. Only for the sake of Craig. Anyway, we appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle! Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And from now on, our proud to team up this year to honor uh, excellence in coaching uh, and one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week? 12. 12, thank you. Uh, from now on, Coach of the Week. In 6A, Tony Tatamy from Grand Prairie. Coach Tatamy's Gophers have been proving doubters wrong all season, and they did it again, improving to 7-4 on the season with a 29-22 win over uh, by district win over Richardson, their first playoff win since 1989. How old were you? Uh, non-existent. In 5A, Don Gayton from uh, uh, Don Gayton from San Antonio Lanier. Coach Gayton, who's retiring at the end of the season after 24 years leading the Vokes, decided he wanted to work at least one more week as Lanier knocked off San Antonio Southside 21-14 on Saturday to give San Antonio ISD their first playoff win since 2012. Awesome. There's a on our YouTube page. There's an interview with with Coach Gatton uh, with Step. Yeah, fantastic. In 4A, Fred Stahl from Monahans. Coach Stahl's Lobos are as a four seed, were big underdogs heading to the playoffs, but they earned their first playoff win since 2017 with a 31-28 upset win over district champion Lubbock Estacado on Thursday night. In 3A, Jimmy Mitchell from Edna. Coach M- Mitchell's Cowboys entered the playoffs as the favorite uh, in Region 4 of 3A Division 1 and did nothing to make us think otherwise uh, with a dominating 67-21 win over Bishop. In 2A, Jason Hody from Burton. Fourth seed of Burton wasn't your average four seed due to forfeits. The Panthers on paper finished 2-8, and eight, but Coach Hody's Panthers didn't let the disappointment of offseason losses uh, damper their playoff hopes as they rallied to knock off District 14 2A Division 2 champion Cristoval 30-29. And in 1A, 
Jeb Dixon from Oglesby. Coach Dixon's Tigers made some local history on Thursday, knocking off Calvert 48-30 to earn the program's first win ever over the vaunted Trojans, erasing a 14-game losing streak to Calvert. And in the private school ranks, Matt Cheshire from Lucas Christian. In one of the most exciting first-round playoff matchups in the private school ranks, Cheshire's Warriors improved to 10-0 with a resounding 69-22 win over Waco Vanguard. So those are your From Now On Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thanks for what you do for players, coach, or schools, and communities. For more information on how your school can get a one-stop shop experience that transforms how it connects with fans and communities, visit from-now-on.com. One last thing to do today, Pickle, and that is to roll out the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. We do thank you for using hashtag DCTF Top 10 to tell us about these plays. Pickle goes into the lab, and she gathers them all up, mm-hmm. and then she sorts through them. She sifts through them. She uses her, uh, she uses like a big, she's got a big highlight machine. You yep. Remember like the George Michael sports machine? Anybody remember that? You throw it into the machine, and it's got this like formula that goes through, and it, 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 it mm-hmm. calculates a lot scientifically. Of beep, 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 boop. Yeah. A lot it's of beep, scientifically picks out the 10 best plays of the week yes we we have that here we made the investment here's the by district round dctf top 10 plays of the week here on texas football today from the top hash snap hold kick is up on the way it is good wow and plenty of room to spare what a boot on helen and johnson takes the lead Third and 13. Brisbane. Trying to find some room. Brisbane. Drop the 40, 50. Brisbane. 40. There you go. 40. 20. I don't think they're going to catch it. He's in. Touchdown. Demetrius Brisbane. What a play by the freshman. 70 yards. How about that for third and 13 with the game? 70 on the yards. Line. Wow. To the house. Welcome to playoff football, Mr. Brisbane. Woo. Down for the Gators. And here's Day. No, that's Martin. And Martin's at the 40. Martin is inside. Oh, it's a foot race. Martin's at the 30. It's a foot 20, race. 20. Oh, and he broke it. Touchdown Gators. 98 when, yards. When all else fails, go to the bell cow. Luke Martin, of course, to the house. Gun. And on first down, short drop, has a completion at the 50. Ball carry breaking into the clear. He could score with one man to beat. They try to catch him from behind, looking to get the angle on him. And he's going to get the pylon, I do believe. And he will get six on the first play from scrimmage. For the Cavs. And a handoff to DJ, headed left. DJ makes one miss. And another one, there's DJ tiptoeing down the sideline, 25-20. DJ to the 10. DJ is hit, but did he get in? No signal yet. Touchdown, Lake Travis. 47 yards to the house. Derek Johnson, second touchdown of this opening half. Scroll Indians go back to work. Cole Crippen takes a drop back to throw. Throws upside, and he's got a catch down near the 10-yard line. And the ball carrier is breaking a tackle and hitting the pylon. Ladies and gentlemen, two throws, two catches, two touchdowns. And this game could be over before the first quarter at that rate. Garlock here on second and 10, evades the rush, fires high, tipped and picked off by Westfield. Yeah, so they go uh, basically a wide receiver screen right there out to the slot on a, on a retraced bubble route. 
and honestly, the, the pressure from the Westville Mustangs, the height of the defensive line. First and 10 at the 25. Rodriguez goes in motion to the top side. Fumble! Cedar Park has it. And that's the ball game. Oh, no. Four with five receivers in the lineup. Play clock down to five. A pump fake. Up the sideline. Intercepted. That one will count for Hamilton McMartin. His first that went for a pick six was called back due to a roughing the passer penalty. And this time, he picks off there it is. The and Top 10 plays of the week. Remember, if you see a play that's worthy of being a top 10 play, tweet it to us or put it on Instagram. Hashtag DCTF Top 10 is where you can send it to Pickle. Or you can just email on our on our personal email address, which is... And time for final thoughts. <laughs> time for final thoughts. <laughs> Go over to Ashley Pickle from America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, let's go ahead and throw this up for you. Yeah. Thursday. Thursday. Big doings. Uh, it's going to be the final, the third and final DCTF watch along of the season. Uh, we're going to be watching El Campo and Lindale. You can, I, I guess we should preface this by saying, like, you get to watch the game. Like, the game will be on. We will be showing the game. Yes. It will just be commenting on it. Uh, and it'll be a, an all-star cast of um, McKinney coach Marcus Shavers, uh, Bally Sports Southwest, our friend Aaron Hardigan, myself, Ashley Pickle, and the ghost of Mike Craven will be joining you here. Uh, you can watch it live for free, courtesy of our friends at Texan Live, at face on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch. Wherever you're watching this show right now, Mm-hmm. Like, literally listening to my voice, whatever platform you're on, you can also listen to that. Although, if you listen to the podcast, we're not going to podcast the show. No. Uh, so, make sure you go and watch the uh, the DCTF Watch Along along with us Thursday night. Pickles in Charge Pizza again. Yeah. And so, we will be here hanging out with Coach Shavers, uh, our friend Aaron Hardigan, uh, myself, Pickle, and the ghost of Mike Craven. So. Yeah. So, if you have also, too, like, if you... If- you have any friends that are like interested in getting into high school football? This is a great mm-hmm. way to do it. It's going to be um, a fun game. If, if look, there's a lot of reasons to watch this game. I think it's going to be pointsy. I think it's going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. I also think that if you're just a recruit hound, yep. uh, you've got Ruben Owens, who's one of the very best prospects in the class of 2023. You can watch him, the El Campo running back. A lot of reasons to get in. Tell your friends to come along and, and watch. Uh, you know, a good opportunity to get people into high school football uh, oh, if yeah. they've never watched a game, or or if you know if if, if you got a, like a, a like an uncle in like mm-hmm. Connecticut who's like interested in high school football and it's like I wonder what Texas is like yeah this is tell exactly me to watch it for free and give them an opportunity and then we oh, hope you'll visit free. texanlive.com and uh, check out all the other games that we are going to have cooking this playoffs so it's going to do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's follow us on Instagram instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's and of course see us at texasfootball.com thanks again to the Hall of Famer Craig Way for being our guest for Ashley Pickle I'm Greg Tepper Vince Young please give your player of the year trophy we'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today <laughs>